Thank you for joining us for this week's message from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. Each week we share thought-provoking and life-changing teachings on topics that are important and relevant to you in your life. We hope that you will be encouraged by our weekly podcast and will tune in regularly. Now let's join the First Christian Church of Great Bend for this week's message. So today we are starting a new sermon series that I'm really excited, yet a bit concerned about, called Jesus for President. <laughs> and the reason I'm so excited, yet a bit concerned about this series is because we really are going to be daring to talk politics in the midst of a very heated election cycle in a country that's arguably as divided now as it's ever been and all within a church setting. Which, by the way, if you haven't heard, you're not supposed to do in church. But the reason I'm willing to risk my job by daring to talk about politics in the midst of all this is because I believe as Christians, now more than ever, we are being called to be the kind of people who don't shy away from the difficult. And all because, or we shouldn't shy away from the difficult, but instead we should jump in head first, and all because whether we like it or not, or whether we're comfortable with it or not, let's be honest, none of us are real comfortable with what's going on. This is how we come together to start figuring out the best way forward for everyone. Instead of, you know, just blaming others for our problems, and we're really good at that, or instead of just ignoring it and hoping that it goes away. But with that being said, you also need to know that what I will not be doing in this series is standing up here proclaiming to you who I think you should vote for or which political platform I think is the best. And the reason I won't be doing that is because, first of all, I really don't have all the answers when it comes to the complexity of the American political landscape. And let's be honest, nobody really does. It's too big and too complex for any human being to wrap their brain around. No, all I have are my somewhat educated opinions, which I no doubt passionately believe in, and I'm also happy to share with you if you want to come by and make an appointment, but we'll never cram down your throats from this pulpit. That's not my jurisdiction. That's not what God has called me to do. And then to add to that, I also believe it's your God-given right based on who you are and what you believe to look at the different candidates and topics then based on your prayerful consideration to vote your heart. Because not only is that foundational to this incredible country that we call home, but it's also inherent in the gift of free will that, that God has given all of us to make up our own minds, to make our own choices, or to vote in the ways that we see fit. But now that you understand what we're not going to talk about, let me give you a brief overview of where we're going so you can decide if you want to come back or not. Right? So you can, okay, so I might do week two, but I'm definitely not doing three. So here it is. Today, all we're going to be talking about is we're going to be getting into the truth of how Jesus was political. And so because Jesus was political, it means as his followers, we have to get political. Week two, we're going to be getting into the truth that as Christians, Jesus has to come before our political affiliations. Or Jesus has to come first when making all of our political decisions. And then last but not least, which I think is what's most important in our day and time, we're going to talk about how God is calling all of us not to be a bunch of know-it-all jerks when it comes to politics, but instead to be the kind of people that put love first. 
or that dare to love, care, and even listen to our political enemies, especially when we disagree. So what do you guys think? You guys think you want to take this journey with me for the next three weeks, see where it goes? So the worst case scenario on this is you watch a minister go down in flames, and that's always kind of fun. You can say you were there for that, right? So you got that to look forward to. All right. So now that we kind of got all of that out of the way, what we need to do to get into how Jesus was political is we need to start with where we are. Or more specifically, why there are so many people that only think of Jesus in spiritual ways, not political ways. So where I think the misconception that Jesus had nothing to do with the political comes from is actually from a misunderstanding of the First Amendment of our Constitution, which says this. Congress shall make no laws respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Again, Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Now, what is meant by this particular amendment, which we call the separation of church and state, is the United States government will not have any official religious association, but instead will allow all religions to practice their faith any way they see fit. Or simply put, this is about keeping the the government out of our religious business, which I think we can all agree is a good thing. This separation of church and state is a fantastic clause in the Constitution. It's absolutely astonishing. But even though this amendment actually says nothing about how we should practice our religious beliefs on a personal level, and that there's nothing wrong with voting or there's nothing wrong for standing up for what we believe in based on our faith, what has happened over time in our country is that many have come to understand this amendment to say that in no way and at no time should our faith and our politics come together, but instead should be split up into two totally different parts of our lives. Faith and politics shouldn't come together at all. Which in turn is a misunderstanding that has gone on to shape the way that a whole lot of people think about faith and politics and how they're actually supposed to work. You're not supposed to bring them together. Or for some perspective on this, how many of you were taught as a kid that faith and politics don't go together? Anybody? How many of you still kind of feel weird when you try to put faith and politics together? Well, that's where this comes from. That's where this comes from. So what has happened as a result of this separation is that it's caused many devoted and well-intentioned Christians to only view Jesus through a spiritual lens. Or because they understand the separation of church and state to be about not mixing faith and politics, they only and always think about Jesus as being spiritual. Or in other words, as only having to do with things like prayer and eternal life and the supernatural, but never about the political. Well, ultimately, that's why there's so many people that have a hard time putting all of this together or thinking about spiritual and the political actually being two sides of the same coin. You can't separate them. So you guys see what I'm talking about? That's, I struggle with trying to put that together because there's so much there. Anybody paying attention? Any, I'm going to need there. Okay, so you guys kind of get that there. So at least you get a basics on that. Okay, so now that you're starting to see that, let me show you how if you try to take the politics out of Jesus, you really don't get who Jesus is or what he was all about. 
And the simplest way I know how to show you this particular truth is to turn to the moment in Jesus uh, when he begins his ministry in the Gospel of Mark where he kind of gives us a summary about what he, he's all about. It says this in Mark 1, 14 through 15. Now, after John was arrested... Jesus came to Galilee proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Now, the phrase that I really want you to hone into here is the phrase kingdom of God. And the reason I want you to focus in on this particular phrase is because you do not get a more political title or a more politically loaded phrase in the ancient world than kingdom of God. Because kingdom is literally a political word that refers to a country, state, or territory ruled by a king or a queen. Which means if Jesus wanted to avoid the political meaning of this term... Um, or if he just wanted to keep things spiritual, he could have used another phrase like family of God, community of God, or the people of God. But he didn't. He used the phrase kingdom of God, which makes it clear that when Jesus taught and lived the kingdom of God, which was everything he was about, he was getting political. Or to fill out this logic a bit, Everyone in the ancient world knew what a kingdom was because they lived within a particular kingdom. And what they experienced in their particular kingdom was that they all had an emperor or a king who created these rules and regulations with the institutions needed to rule over their lives. So that meant when Jesus used the phrase kingdom of God, these people intuitively knew exactly what he was talking about. Because all they had to do was just take what they already knew from living in a kingdom and imagine not Herod or Caesar as their king, but as Jesus or God is their king. Because really that's what Jesus is getting at here by proclaiming the kingdom of God. Or, or the kingdom of God, very simply put, is basically people who live their lives according to the rules and regulations and leadership of King Jesus, not some other king. Or, or to try to put this logic in a way that we would really understand in our context, Imagine Jesus, instead of calling this movement the kingdom of God, which fits in his time and place, calling it something like the country of God or the United States of God. And then Jesus, instead of talking about how he is the king, because that's what would fit back then, instead referring to himself as the president. Well, again, that's what Jesus is getting at when he talks about the kingdom of God, which, which in turn clearly shows that Jesus was political. Whether you like it or not, whether you're comfortable with it or not, Jesus was political. And this is just one of a hundred examples I could give you to show you how if you only understand Jesus to be spiritual, as many people do because of the First Amendment, then you're missing out on a huge part of who Jesus was and what he was all about. Because to get Jesus, you've got to get the politics. You've got to get what's going on in this time and place. You've got to get what's going on in that world in the political realm. There's just no way around it. So it's pretty clear, right? So the, another phrase that, that's in there that I won't give you a whole lot of time, but even, even good news, um, in the ancient world, um, the good news was actually a 
political term that was taken from the Roman Empire. So there was the good news of the Roman Empire. And what that meant, there was a birth of an emperor or there's the good news of the Pax Romana. I mean, almost every single word in that particular opening phrase has got this political underlying meaning. And if, if you want to come in and nerd out with me one of these days, just come on in and we'll walk through all that stuff. But for the rest of you, I'll spare you. How about that? Okay, so now that you can see that Jesus was political, um, I, it's, not a, it's not a long jump or it's not a big reach to understand that, that part of what it means to follow Jesus today is to get political. Or even to call yourself a Christian today means that you get political. I mean, it just is what it is. It's a part of what it means to, to be a follower of uh, Jesus today. And to a certain extent, what it looks like to get political now, what it looks like for you and I in our time and place to get political, is that with three weeks left until the election, what we need to be doing, what we need to be doing, is actually taking some time. Besides just watching our favorite news channel, that's not enough, people. If you were rocking one news channel and not switching it up, they all have a slant. You need to be listening to other voices, all right? And then we need to read and research and study those candidates and questions that pertain to us. And then after we get informed or after we do that research, begin to think and pray about those parties and issues and candidates in light of how they line up with the kingdom of God or how they line up with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And the reason we do that is so that when November 3rd comes around, we can use our voice, not for our own benefit, but as an instrument of God in his way, causing his kingdom to come and his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all because that's what it means. It's what it looks like in our time and place to proclaim Jesus as our king. Or Jesus as our president. It changes up the way you think about it, doesn't it? What if it's not about Democrats and Republicans? What if it's not about this issue versus that issue? What if it's about you and I following Jesus? What if it's about you and I standing up and making our voice heard for the kingdom of God? Because ultimately, that's what we're being called to do as Christians. It's about the kingdom of God. Let us pray. Father, we come to you this morning um, and our prayer is that first and foremost you'll help us to see that you were political through and through. That this kingdom of God movement was not just meant to be something spiritual, something that has to do with those things on, on one side of our life and then there's the political over here, but that it's all rolled up into one. And then once we see that, O oh Lord, may you help us to see that, that we're called to get involved. We're called to do the research. We're, we're called to look into the different questions. And then when it comes time to vote, we don't sit on the sidelines. We don't just sit around complaining, but we actually get up. We go to the voting booth. 
And we vote for your kingdom to come and your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Or Lord, help us to be the kind of people that put you first, that put your kingdom first, and that use our witness, our testimony, our lives to not only live, but to proclaim your kingdom. We ask this all in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. You are invited back next week for another life-changing message from the First Christian Church of Great Bend, Kansas. Please check out our website at www.fccgbk.com. That's fccgbk.com. May you have a blessed week.